Good afternoon, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Half Hour Call podcast, hosted by me, Harry Sutherland. Please be aware this podcast may contain strong language. Going forward in this series of interviews, I'll be talking to professionals across the industry who will give us their stories and also an insight into the arts industry today. Every role in theatre is and should be classed as technical, none so more than that of a lighting technician. Emily Irish has quickly made a name for herself as one of the youngest and best in her field. After graduating from Lambda on a stage management and technical theatre course, Emily wasted no time into starting her professional career in the UK tour of the Birmingham Stage Company's production of David Walliams' Gangster Granny, and then on to the UK tour of Kink's musical Sunny Afternoon. As well as touring, Emily returns to Lambda to help light the showcases, in addition to working on the three latest secret cinemas, Blade Runner, Casino Royale and Stranger Things. Good afternoon, Emily Irish. Good How afternoon. are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. It's lovely to see you. Lovely to see you as well. When was the last time I saw you, actually? When was that? I don't know. I'd imagine it's in a pub, probably. Um, no, I want to say Secret Cinema. Reading that out, yeah, I think that's when it was. Yeah, because you come to see James Bond, didn't you? We did. And I think that was the last time I saw you in Dagnum. Yeah, that must have been. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you come to the pub afterwards. Yeah, of course. Yeah, because it was your final night, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I remember. It's all coming back to me now. Yeah, blimey, that long. That's, that was a while ago. I mean, that was before, that was that was last year, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm trying to think when that was. I don't know. I want to say September. You should know your own work history, Emily. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to see you, though. You're keeping well in the, in the lockdown pandemic times. Yeah, fine. You know, just trying to, trying to keep busy. You know, I've had, I've had a bit of work here and there. Luckily, mm. I can't complain too much, really. But, you know, it is what it is. You've got to take every day as it comes, haven't you? Yeah, we're, we're going to come on to what you've been working on recently. But first, I want to do a little get to know you and ask 10 quick fire questions. Is that OK? Oh, yeah. OK. OK, you look quite nervous. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, it shouldn't be too revealing. It's all good. Fine. OK. Number one, countryside or city? City. Coke or lemonade? Lemonade. Stage or screen? Stage. Do you dunk a biscuit? Yes. Chinese or Indian takeaway? Indian takeaway. Would you freeze time or travel in time? Uh, uh, hmm. Travel in time? Good answer. Favourite music artist? Um, Big question, I know, right? That is, that's, a, that's a huge question. Um, I'm a big fan of Madness. Oh, great answer. Thank you. Tea or coffee? Tea. Pre-show coffee or post-show drink? Or post -show. Pre -show, sorry, pre-show tea or post-show drink? Oh, <laughs> post-show drink, I think. And the last one, is it scone or scone? Scone. What? Why? Just, just the way it is, isn't it? It's, it's a scone. It's not a scone, is it, though? It's a scone. It's a scone. That's just, that's just how it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, we'll, we'll debate that later on off air, if that's okay. <laughs> All right, let, yeah, let's do that. I want to I cast your mind way, way back today. And mm -hmm. once again, thank you for coming on today. It's, it's great to see you. And um, I'd like to talk about your first ever memory of going to the theatre. Do you remember that? I think 
I don't remember my first uh, pro- my first time going into a theatre. Probably would have been my local theatre, the Harlow Playhouse, seeing Panto, I'd presume. Although I don't remember that. I do remember, however, um, going to see Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at the West End. And I remember we were sitting in row B, I think. So when the car flew over us, like we didn't see the car, we just saw underneath the car and all the workers. Wow. <laughs> so I remember that, like really, that's, that's quite strong. So did it kind of ruin it for you then a bit that you could see how it was working? I think even at that age, I was like, that's cool. But mm-hmm. I, at the same time, was like, I bet that looks really amazing if you're sitting over there. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually really, really bizarre. Now, if I can dip into it for a second, so when I interviewed Ash the other day, yeah. his first memory was also Chitty Chitty Bang Bang at no the London way. Palladium. Have you not had this conversation? No. Oh my God, I feel like I've opened up a conversation that you should have. Yeah, that's a conversation we need to have. Yeah, he, um, he, he said about going with his aunt, but he saw the second cast. So he didn't see Michael Ball. He saw, uh, is it Wilmot, I think? No, he directed it. Oh yeah, it, maybe, yeah. Now, Adrian Noble directed it, didn't he? But yeah, he didn't see Michael Ball. He saw the second cast. Oh, okay. Do you remember who you saw? I believe, I've got the programme in the loft. I should probably check this, but I I want to say it's Michael Ball. Mm. But, um, I should probably check that in the programme. But I think it was Michael Ball, yeah. That's incredible that you both saw the same show as your first Yeah, movie. I know, that's crazy. <laughs> so where did you grow up, Emily? Um, Harlow in Essex. Nice one. What were your school days like? Were they fun? Yeah, they were good. Um, um, I mean, that seems like quite a while ago now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed school a lot, actually. Were you, in, were you into theatre at school? Were you in school plays at all? Or, or in, I was into acting at school. Uh, so I did drama as a GCSE and I, and I did drama outside of school as well. And I also did dance lessons and singing lessons um yeah I did I did the whole lot really I yeah that's that's what I did <laughs> so when when did this this change come then so I, I never knew you into into performing before you went into the tech so when was that change yeah I was, I was big time into performing so I can't remember exactly what year it was I remember I was I was 11 or 12 and I did an audition at my local theatre the Harlow Playhouse and I was going for the main role. I think it was Guys and Dolls, the audition was. I can't can't remember exactly what I was going for. Anyway, I didn't get the role I wanted. And um, I was quite upset about that. And I knew because I did Panto recently at the Playhouse and I I was one of the dwarfs. Brilliant. Um, (laughs) Grumpy, actually. I'm not going to say typecast. I'm not going to say it. No, I think we leave that there. (laughs) So I knew some of the guys who worked at the Playhouse and um, I bumped into one of them uh, when I come out of the audition. And he was like, well, why didn't you come and help me? You know, I'm doing sound for the show. So just come and watch me doing what I do. And I was like, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll go and do that. And... So I went, I, I wasn't in the show at all. I decided to just, they said I, they wanted me to, I don't know, dance or something like that. But I was like, no, I don't want to do that. So I went and I stood by the sound desk with this other technician who worked in there at the time. And I was like, 
almost instantly I was like this is really cool I really enjoy this so then I kept going back after school like doing other shows just doing other bits maintenance and just general seeing how theatre works backstage and very quickly I was like I don't I don't want to be a performer anymore this is what I want to do this is I'm finding this an awful lot more interesting to me so it kind of happened pretty quickly and that was probably when I was about yeah it must have been about 12. Wow what was that guy's name then that, that said look come stand with us behind the sound desk do you remember his name? Do you know what no <laughs> <laughs> it sounds all really yeah but no um, unfortunately I don't. That's another program you need to dig out then and find yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful man he kind of put you on that path then that you're on now yeah well you know I think he just kind of I think he just saw me upset and was like yeah you know come and do this that'd be a bit of fun I don't think he realized how far I was going to take that <laughs> but <laughs> That's um amazing but yeah and then I kind of I still did drama at school but I slowly kind of come out of it. And then I spoke, to, I remember talking to my drama teacher at school as well, but whilst I was doing my GCSE saying, look, I think this is what I want to do now. And then he put me in contact with this like other guy and I just did like little bits of him and, and then I ended up getting a job at the Playhouse later on. So, so also what, what job did you, what job did you get at the Playhouse then? It, I was just a casual technician. So mm-hmm. I was just, my first ever paid job in theatre, I was a runner uh, just a mic runner in the auditorium for a medium, <laughs> just running round to people. For a medium, what like like a ghost séance kind of medium? Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. I, <laughs> I bet. Did she predict your future? <laughs> oh, I didn't let her even. Get me. It <laughs> was was, it, was it Psychic Sally? Was it her? I think it might have been actually because I know she's definitely been to the playhouse so it probably was her I know there's her and a couple of other people that go around touring the country doing it mm. but um yeah so as, as a first ever paid theatre what a job as your first job <laughs> <laughs> so when talk, can you talk to us about Lambda then what what's the obviously as an actor I know the the audition process but what for, for a technician what's the kind of entry process into drama school in that respect so I remember I had to do um, a portfolio. I applied for three drama schools. I had to do a big portfolio for all of them, essentially like a CV, but just a bit more, a bit more jazzy. Like I did it in like this big book, almost like a scrapbook situation. And, and also a CV. And um, then you get invited to an interview. It's a bit different um, to the acting courses because on the tech, technical courses, um, I believe everyone gets a chance um, at going for an interview because wow. obviously there's a lot less people applying for it. You know, there's more demand um, on the acting courses. Um, when, and I took my book with me, my CV, and then they asked you some questions, which I believe I got all wrong. Oh, um, really? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, what were the questions? Do you remember? I remember one question. Um, it was like, what um, what side of stage does the DSM sit and I was like stage right wrong, which I didn't know it's always stage left isn't that known if they sit on stage right isn't that known as is it the bastard DSM or something they call it yeah that's it yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I didn't know I was like oh it was because at the playhouse the the DSM's a bastard over there so oh really sits on the right in the playhouse yeah oh they've got to sort that one out it's bad luck surely (laughs) 
yeah, well, it has been for years and they're doing okay. But yeah, <laughs> I remember that being one of the questions and I think I've got a few other wrong as well. But, um, and then, yeah. And then, and then they just get back to you. I think Lambda, I waited a few weeks. I applied for East 15 and Radu as well. And they all got back to me. And um, yeah, I got into all three, which I was very lucky about. But oh, wow. I chose Lambda, I, I felt was the best for me. Why may I ask why why you chose Lambda? Was there something about the course or maybe a teacher on the course that you went, this is where I want to be? It felt um I liked uh I liked East 15 and Rada. I mean obviously the three, all very different schools, to be honest. Mm. Um East 15 was great. Um but I was I kind I kind of wanted I don't know, I, I don't know why I was edging towards more Lambda and Rada anyway. Well, much as I did like East 15 but rather I felt I don't I don't know how to really word it not quite at home I didn't feel quite I don't know I, I didn't feel like I, I fitted in straight away and I know that sounds really strange because I only went for a couple of tours kind of thing the place but at Lambda it just felt almost instantly a bit more homely mm. it's just easier to talk to people no I understand that yeah I, yeah I just felt you know, when you when you go into a place, you go, this is it. You feel comfortable there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I definitely felt more comfortable going around and talking to people at Lambda than I did Rada. Not that mm. there was anything wrong with the people at Rada. I just, I personally just felt a bit more comfortable at Lambda. Wow. Can you talk to us about your days at Lambda then? What was it like? Because I imagine but you were there before the new building was there, I imagine. Yes, yes. So yeah. we did uh, something called Lambda at Large. So okay. um, that was also quite a big decision as well when I was deciding where to go because I was like, Rada's got this amazing theatre and, and it's all very pretty and it's all well done up. And Lambda didn't quite have that. Um, it was a lot, the building's a lot older, mm. a bit more run down when I went there. But I liked the idea of Lambda at large, which is just going round to different theatres in London. So I don't, we don't, we're not going to all these big shiny venues that just work we just went to you know some venues and there was problems and you know I think that's that helps you quite a lot in the learning process so was it was that the name of the course or was that like a module on so were you there for three years what course were we actually on was it three years was it or no it was a two years with the optional to stay for a third year so mm -hmm. I got a, um, a foundation degree if I wanted the full degree then I had to stay there for another year and then that includes um dissertations etc but the mm -hmm. two years, it's 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 all practical, obviously, you know, apart from the odd bits of paperwork that you'd have to do in the industry anyway. Mm. Um, I decided not to stay the third year because I already had some work and you don't necessarily need a degree to mm. do these things. I mainly did it also because they offered really good um, like work experience placements. Mm -hmm. So yeah. what, what was the, the job that you had lined up then when you were leaving? My first job was at the RSC. Was it? Yeah. Why don't I know that? Carry on. Tell us more. In Stratford, was it? or? Yeah, in Stratford. So I, I think I was there for like, uh, well, I was probably there for about four months as my first job. Wow. Um, and I went there as a work placement at Lambda. So I got to know everyone. It's really great. And then I went there for four months afterwards and they actually offered me a full-time position and they wanted to train me up as one of their programmers, lighting programmer. I never, ever knew that about you. Yeah. 
and I um I turned it down and went to the and went to BSC instead. <laughs> <laughs> why 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 did you turn it down? Do you remember? I turned it down because, as much as I love the RSC and you know enjoy going back and there's great people there, I felt like. I, after, I spoke to a few other full-time technicians at the time going, you know, what should I do? Should I take a full-time position or should I go on this tour gangster granny that I'd just been offered? And a lot of people who work there have been there for years and they've all said, you know, kind of once you get in full-time here, they've all, you know, a lot of their plans were only to stay there for a couple of years and they've ended up being there for like 40 years. Mm. So... They said, you know, obviously, if you want to be full time, then that's great, then do it. But I, deep down, I've all, I knew I wanted to, you know, be freelance and go out and do loads of different stuff. Yeah. yeah. So they said, you know, I kind of recommend maybe going to do that first. And if you still feel like you want to be full time here in a few years' time and then come back. But hmm. sort of saying, but without saying it, if you're going to take the full time, you're going to be here for a long time. Yeah, basically. <laughs> And, and I do understand what they're saying because then I don't know if I ever would have made that jump. You know, it's quite nerve wracking. I think if you've been used to being full time to then mm. go freelance, then that's quite a big jump, really. Mm. So 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 that was a program. And then you went into Granny, uh, the Gangster Granny tour as a relighter. Mm. So can you can you talk to us a bit about the differences then between a programmer and a relighter? Or is there a difference? Excuse me for my such crap knowledge of your <laughs> no no not career. at all no no there's, there's a big difference so a programmer um would um so the job at the rsc would have been i just would have been on the lighting desk which there is a grand ma and i would have learned their lighting desk so every lighting designer that would come in i would have been programming for that designer so the designer will say i would like channels 20 through i don't know 76 doing um, this effect or a chase or a rainbow chase at 70%. And I've just got program all into the board and neat and tidy. And then if another pro if another person is going to, pro um, sorry, um, board op, then I need to make it, you know, easy to read for somebody else as well. So it's just making the file on the desk, um, suit the show, do, um, exactly what the designer would like and neat enough so other people can read it so mm. that's what the programmer does um and the relighter on gangster granny i was i was i was on my own for that one i was the only lighting tech really so, yeah so I did the fit up um you know rigged all the lights and then the focusing i would um stand on stage and ask whoever's focusing which would have been an in-house member of staff in each venue um where to focus lights to and where to bring in cuts and how soft i would like the edge etc so and i guess on in touring i would have had to make a few changes on the desk um that's not i guess it's 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 technically called programming but i'm not the programmer mm -hmm. that makes sense yeah, yeah i would have made a few changes here and there for each venue because obviously each venue is different um yeah so I guess yeah I don't know if that makes sense no yes it's really clear it's really clear I mean part of you know the, the point the whole point of this podcast is for, for for people wanting to get into this industry to find out about what stuff actually means because you know I don't I don't know if you agree with this or not 
But when I was younger, I had a lot of words floating about. I had no fucking clue what they meant. <laughs> um, or, you, you know, like when, when my first job, I, there was all these people walking about. I had no idea what their jobs were. Mm. And that's why I enjoy talking to, you know, talk, enjoy talking to you because I find your job so fascinating. And I feel like it's underappreciated enough. Hence why we're doing this chat today. Yeah, well, I, yeah, well, when I was younger, I didn't even know these jobs existed. So mm. I guess that means they're doing a good job if you don't notice any tech, I think. Oh, that's a nice little theory that I like that. The way I look at it. So can you, can you talk to us about touring then? What what challenges did that bring up? Because I imagine, in, you know, in every, in every venue, you're going to come with different challenges. Was that the case yeah. then when you're on tour? Yeah, of course. So there's, you know, there's some really tricky venues around the country and even the easier venues, you know, it's never the same as the first venue. So the lighting designers really kind of have to just do a general, um, a general plan to kind of try and fit into every theatre. Although the lighting designers normally, well, is always at the first venue when you're starting a tour. So he will focus that well, or she, the designer will focus in the first venue. And then you kind of then, they're the images you take because you take a picture of each and every focus and light position, whether it's a moving light or a generic light. And then you take them for the rest of the tour. So to try and get the show looking exactly the same in each venue is very tricky because not there's not one venue the same. Mm. They're, they're all completely different so that comes with a lot of challenges mm. which do you, do you remember do you have in your head the worst venue that was to light off the top of your head which one you just went oh this is a bitch this, <laughs> this venue's a bitch um what's the worst one there, there's a few <laughs> <laughs> there are a few of them um, so that's the wrong way of wording that. Not the worst one, but the one you struggled with most to get the show looking the same. I think the one that's um, the one that's just popped into my head is Dartford, actually. Oh, the Orchard. Yeah. Why? Genu- like every, like just everything is just is just quite difficult. There's no, there's there's barely any front of house positions, so there's not really many places to hang lights, and if you've got more than like. 20 lights front of house then that's you that's you done (laughs) (laughs) that's that's kind of it and all the angles are just not what you want and the stage is small there's not enough room just all of it (laughs) (laughs) it ticks all the boxes right yeah yeah yeah. that's great um so after granny you took a bit of a serious theater job with opera yeah i did can you talk to us a bit about that because I yeah. personally have never, ever sat through an entire opera in my life. No, well... It's <laughs> so I, hard, I, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because also, they're really long. They're really long. Can I, can I just say, actually, for all of this, I had never seen a live opera, so I've never walked out of a show. I saw oh. a live stream once, and I, I couldn't finish it, if I'm totally honest. Yeah, but, but no, yeah so that, I just wanted to clear that up. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine. I think it is something, if you are going to watch them, watch it live, because, yeah. you know... Uh, yeah I uh, know I agree where did you do your opera then where was it so I did um an opera festival the grain at the Grange which is in Hampshire that was um I think there yeah there was four different operas or three or four different operas oh, my memory's awful <laughs> um and we did those in rep and um 
that was that was really good fun actually because well from a lighting point of view in every opera I've worked on the lighting is just ridiculously big it's just a crazy size they always go to town on the lighting mm. so and normally there's quite a lot of projection and stuff as well because most operas are in another language so projection comes into that to try and translate it over to English. So does projection and AV, does that come under your uh, job description in terms of lighting, is it, or is it a separate department? It's, in all the jobs I've done, it's a separate department. Um, I know there probably are, there probably are some jobs out there where they do like mix them a bit. I know there was a tour, I believe it was officer and a gentleman, my friend did, he was LX3 on it. Um, and he looked after um, or the video for the tour he didn't set it up at the beginning but he was almost like trained up and then he looked after it for the rest of the tour mm-hmm. so it's not uncommon but for the jobs I've done um, it's been another department doing it mm. which makes me feel better <laughs> so how, how, how was that in rep then because I've done rep as an actor and it's hard to keep your head in four or five different plays what was yeah. it like in terms of the technical side it's it's quite weird actually it was like my first job doing something in rep as well and you almost have like a full day or a day and a half of go, go, go. Everything's at a hundred percent. Like you just work really hard and then, and then it's up and then you kind of then just chill out until you then have to do the next turnaround. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of no in between. It's either a hundred percent or you're kind of just chilling about. Oh, so while that first opera's on, you weren't sort of having meetings say about the next one and how it's going to look and everything else that wasn't going on. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess kind of at the start before they'd opened or and when they've all opened I guess it's then more 100% and then chilling out mm. but before they'd all opened yeah I guess it, it there, there was a lot more um say if we've only just put one in you know we still might be doing a, you know a few bits here and there making practicals and wiring things up for the third show that's got to go in in a few days time or something mm. so yeah I guess at the start there is actually there is kind of there is that bit in between so why they're, they're working on that we can still work on the other two shows mm-hmm. interesting it's all up and running you, you're kind of chill time kind of yeah <laughs> enjoy the Hampshire countryside right yeah exactly yeah <laughs> I want to I want to come back to touring again and, and focus on a job that that I think no, I didn't meet you for the first time on it because I met you before then, but on Calendar Girls, because I saw you quite a lot. Especially me and Ash come to watch that quite a lot. Yeah. And that was such a beautiful show in, in every respect. And the lighting, because, you know, especially that ending bit with the sunset and so it, it looked stunning. It, you did yeah, an amazing you know, job. It. <laughs> well, it was. And I, and I remember actually saying to you in the pub after the first time I saw it going, every aspect of this show is magnificent you know <laughs> every aspect so what what was your role on on calendar girls i was chief electrician and that was my first um proper chief elect job oh was it yeah so yeah. can you talk to us about about what that entails then as a chief so yeah so as a chief you are um your biggest responsibility is the relight so kind of what we just spoke about you know is making sure in each venue um, you kind of know and on board with the designer needs. So you are, you know, making those design decisions in each venue. So you kind of learn from the designer at the start, 
what look they're going for. So even if you can't get the exact same look, what's the next best decision kind of thing. Um, there was a team of two. It was me and now my dear friend, Joe. He was Alex number two. He was great. And I would, you know, do a few, um, you know, like call times, stuff like that. Um, and I would do the fit up and the get out. And so would he. Actually, no, he just did the get out due to days off and stuff because I had my day off in the week mm-hmm. doing a show and then Joe would cover. Um, we had, how many did we have? We had four other production electricians on the fit up. So there was five of us. And then we had some, a few in-house members of staff as well. Mm. And yeah, then just look after the, look after the show for the week. So um, was you up in on the board then during the shows or where were you during the shows? Yeah, so we'll take it in turns. Me and Joe always took it in turns. I just thought that was the fairest way of doing it. Um, so he, I would do one show, he would do the other show. And then when the other person isn't on the board, um, if there's stuff to be done, you know, like if there's a moving light that's broken or anything broken that we can be fixed on the grounds, then we do that. Or again, just kind of chill out and kind of wait in if there's any problems, you know, if a moving light, something's gone out or if a moving light is doing something funky on stage, you mm. know, doing a crazy old rainbow chase, which I've had before during, <laughs> during a very quiet scene, you know, just go and sort out those kind of things. Can you let us into a little secret and tell us what a rainbow chase is? A rainbow chase. Because you've mentioned it a couple of times and I mean, just in case people don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, it's mainly uh, like on, on LED fixtures or moving light fixtures, it will just run through all the colours of the rainbow. So it's just an effect called a rainbow chase. It Love it. Through all those colours. And, it's just, and it stands out, right? <laughs> it just really stands out. So I guess that's why a couple of times I've mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice any any differences with touring Calendar Girls as opposed to touring Gangster Granny? Did you notice any differences? Yeah. So between those two, you know, there was a big difference, I think. I noticed the big difference actually between Gangster Granny and Sunny Afternoon. I was deputy on Sunny. Oh, of course, yeah, we forgot to mention Sunny Afternoon, didn't we? Um, My fault. Sorry. No, no, not at all. Um, I, but then I guess the big, biggest difference between Sunny and Calendar Girls was I was deputy on Sunny and then chief on Calendar Girls. But I think on Gangster Granny, I didn't have a team with me. It was just, it was just me. So I, I learned an awful lot by just doing stuff on your own and working with in-house staff. Um, but as my first touring job, you know, it's quite intense, you know, doing all of that on your own. Um, although I didn't have to board up on Gangster Granny. They um, always got an in-house member of staff, always someone who um, specialises in lighting. So obviously if there was a problem, you know, they know what to do a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, whilst I was on stage doing other stuff because you know you can't board up and do the other stuff on stage you know there's only one of you kind of thing yeah so yeah I guess the big difference between that tour and then um calendar girls is you know you're working in a team you know there was a team of five of us on the fit ups you know that makes a huge difference and you know you can spend a bit more time looking after the rig and doing stuff like that or doing a bit more Hmm. um you know, a bit more, you know, smaller jobs that help you in the long run, you know, like maintenance and cleaning and stuff like that. 
So mm. I didn't really have much time for that on Gangster Granny because it was just me on my own. So do you think maybe you could give a bit more attention to the show because there yeah. was more of you there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you just got that, you know, having a few more people around you who know the show. I mean, it's, you know, in-house staff, you know, they're great. They're fine. Of course they are, but they don't know the show. So there's only so much they can do, really. Yeah, yeah. So that's the biggest difference, I think, is definitely having more people who know the show. Mm. That's fascinating. It's really, I generally, I find, you know, I find your job mind blowing. I want to, I want to cast your mind back about a year, year and a half. No, I think it's longer than that. Where secret cinema come into play. Because what was that like? Because that's, now I don't call it theatre, but is it theatre? I don't know. Is it an event? Is it theatre? I don't know what it is, but it's amazing, whatever it is. And if any of any listeners out there have ever been to a secret cinema, I'd recommend you go if you haven't been. It's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> it's it is an it's an event, but it's run like theatre. Oh, that's quite interesting. Yeah, so it's go a on. bit strange. So it's not actually on the couple of events that I, I have done before in the past, it's just not it's not run like an event, really. Hmm. You know, we have a DSM like normal, we have um, a DSM who calls the show, we have ASMs who look after all the props and the actors. And, you know, telling them when to go on and off and helping them, quick changes, etc. So that's all normal. We, um, you know, a lighting team who, you know, one person will sit on the desk or and then another person is, you know, walking around, looking, making sure everything's OK and sorting out problems if there are any. Same with a sound department. You know, someone will be on the sound desk. Um, there's a video department as well. Same thing. So it's all run really like theatre. And there's a company manager as well. But the difference is, is it's not a theatre. It is <laughs> it's an event. <laughs> mm. I mean, it is amazing. The work that goes into a secret cinema event, evening, whatever, whatever you want to call it. It is mind-blowing, isn't it? It is crazy. I mean, yeah, the, the scale of it is, you know, it, it's, it's quite intense, really. I remember my first impressions on my first one I did on Blade Runner. You know, I was quite, you know blown away by wow this is a lot of work the fit up is two and a half months long like this is wow quite a lot which so, because you, you've done three haven't you so you've done Blade Runner Casino Royale and Stranger Things mm. which did you enjoy most out of the oh. three tough question right <laughs> I think I don't know I think I, I was I was deputy on Blade Runner and I really liked that um, you know, I enjoy being a deputy. Um, a bit of less responsibility, so that's quite nice, actually. Sometimes. <laughs> um, but I was chief on Casino Royale and Stranger Things, and I thoroughly enjoyed them both. I think show. Oh, I don't know. It's so tricky. I, I really, I really enjoyed Casino Royale. Mm. But Stranger Things was also really different as well because obviously it's not a film, so they yeah. had to do different things there because it's a series so mm. but yeah casino royale i think was i think was wicked i mean that was the one i saw and it was fucking amazing it was amazing well it was terrific i mean you know the, the whole i'd never been to a secret cinema before and I, I i remember bumping into you remember me and ash when we were going around we bumped into you or we, I, I can't remember what happened and I remember saying to you, this is incredible. Your work yeah, is I remember. amazing. Is it, what you do is incredible. Again, so underappreciated. 
well again if it's not noticed then we're doing a fine job I think yeah you know, because it's only really when things go wrong that people go uh is that something to happen then you know but if nothing's noticed then I think I take that as a compliment really. <laughs> well it's, it's I think it's, it is I do honestly genuinely think it's a shame that that um that technicians are underappreciated because the work you guys do is is incredible and I want to I want to come on to something you've been working on most recently actually mm-hmm. literally within the last week um you've been working recently during the pandemic haven't you yeah I have just just a bit of work yeah you talk to us about that yeah so um I've been just just a couple of um little little days here and there with a company called um 808 create which do all the um lighting for the BBC and a couple of other um, channels as well. So um, I heard about it from my friend. His girlfriend <laughs> works for Sky Arts. So your and, friend's girlfriend works for Sky Arts. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's a production manager, really. And um, she said, she just happened to mention to my friend Ben, um, oh, you know, there's we're looking for a lighting person and at that time I obviously had no work because you know theatre's not up and running yet. Coronavirus. I know. (laughs) He passed it on to me and then I got in touch with the guy um, who does the lighting for all these all this TV stuff and yeah I've just done this Sky Arts pro it's called Sky Arts Late Mm -hmm. and uh, I've only done like the four days but um it's good you know I've never really done tv before and have you found it yeah good actually it's very different you know I've never really had to think about um you know I I know what needs to look good from an audience point of view I know what needs to be hidden I know what needs to you know what bits can look good and what bits you know we need to get out of the way kind of thing Mm. but in tv it's a that's not in shot don't worry about it you know there was loads of cables on the floor but it's like it's not gonna be in shot so just leave them so it's, it's it's almost like a different mindset. So your theatre head sort of saying, I need to sort it out. I need to sort it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> the audience can see it. But no, no, they can't. No, they can't. <laughs> but, so like I said, you're in a one TV job, but how have you, which of you, did you, like obviously you said you enjoyed it. Are you enjoying it maybe more than theatre or are you still like, yeah, your, your heart's in theatre a bit? I don't know. I think, I think generally my heart is in, it sounds so wanky. My heart's- <laughs> it does, doesn't it? You're fine. You're sweet. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> my my heart's in lighting, really. As, and I love theatre and I'll never give it up. But um, I enjoyed it just as much. It's it's just different. And, you know, as much as lockdown and the whole cry- coronavirus thing has been awful, without it, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done any t- this TV stuff. You know, I don't think I would have been able to put my foot in there because I might have been busy with something else or you know the only reason why I got put forward for this is because I got let down on another job that I applied for Mm -hmm. which you know wasn't lighting or anything it's a totally separate job and uh so yeah so hopefully more work will come from that and then because I'd like to do a bit of both Mm. well hopefully man and hopefully it all picks up we're 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 running out of time which is a shame I want to ask you two more questions if I can Mm -hmm. um 
And the first one is how you think your gender has affected your work. Because I think, you know, in my experience working in theatre, it seems to be male heavy backstage. Mm. And, um, and I want to get your opinion on, on what it's like to work backstage and, and sometimes what can be quite a male heavy department. Obviously, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, you know, it's all, I get it if it's personal. But yeah, w- what's your opinion on that? Well, no, definitely. There's definitely um, more male heavy in especially lighting and sound. I've, I've done, you know, I can count so many jobs where on a fit up or a get out or something like that, where I am the only female on stage out of 30, 40 people. And that's crazy. Um, so I think I had a girl recently contact me about saying, you know, she's a, a female who's just about to graduate from RADA, I think. Um, she's just about to graduate doing sound and wanted to ask for my advice on it really, because she said she feels a bit nervous about it. And I do think there's been a couple of venues where I felt like I had been treated differently, but really, yeah, it would be great to see more women doing these technical roles because it is male heavy, mm. you know? So more women would be great just to even it up a bit more. Have you found yourself coming up against like some real horrible men as well? Sort of like not so maybe overlooking, so that, you know when you said those jobs where you were chief, mm. maybe overlook that as it were. Have you ever had that? Yeah, definitely. There's, there's definitely a couple of theatres uh, in the country where, you know, I don't necessarily want to paint the theatre in a bad name. I'm not saying everyone in that theatre is like that, but I've definitely had a few people come up to me or, or not really respond to what I'm saying um, or really acknowledge that I kind of know what I'm talking about, you know, when I'm saying, right, we've got to do this now. They'd rather go and ask one of the production staff who is a male. And that's fine, but... It's wrong, though, isn't it? But, you know, I they can trust me as well. But I don't know whether that's, you know, because I'm just a woman or they just automatically at the back, you know, not back of their head, kind of go, just automatically presume that someone, another male, is going to know more than what I'm talking about. Mm. So... I don't know if it's intentional, but I think there's some people who definitely kind of automatically will go to a male instead of a female chief electrician because there's not many female chief electricians at all. Mm. And, ho- so, and hopefully that will change, right? Well, yeah, hopefully. But yeah, more, mm. more women to even up a bit, I think. Yeah. It would be really great. Yeah, totally. That's, that's interesting. Thank, thanks for sharing with that. Um, I want to ask you one more question, if I can, and ask you about um, about what you think theatre is for. You know, in, in in pandemic times and that, you know, a lot of theatre is starting to be streamed and stuff. And and you know, you get to people say it's not the same and everything else. And you know, I get that, but I want to see what you think theatre is for. You know, why why do we need it? Why are people crying out to go back to the theatre at the minute? Yeah, that's, that's quite an interesting question, actually. I think a lot of people before uh, the pandemic like just didn't appreciate it. And it's only now where people are going, blimey, I really miss these kind of things. I think it's really important to kind of get out of the real world, almost go somewhere for a bit of escapism, 
you know, to just think about something else and, you know, in, just sit back and enjoy something and be engrossed in another story. So, and I think that was almost, I don't know if it was take, taken for granted, but almost not realised actually how much people do need that and enjoy that to go out and do something like that. Mm. Emily, that's that's lovely. It's been great to talk to you today. It's been really great. Um, and we, you know, when all this is over, we must catch up for a pint, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Thanks again, Emily. It's been great. Thank you very much. <laughs>